Dybala! He is something else. Di Lorenzo, and still Di Lorenzo! The captain brings the house down. Partilopea champions once again, but the 33-year wait will now officially come to an end. Ciao ragazzi and welcome to another edition of Serie A Sit Down World Football Index's podcast for your culture to go. Apparently, we're having some technical difficulties right off the bat, which probably means this show's going to go off the rails at any point tonight. Uh, I'm Frank Cravello. He's Richard Carmen. How are you, Richard? Uh, I'm doing well. How, oh, I, I, See, I, I, I said, how are you? Usually I say ciao. So we're already looking. Yeah. I mean, when the, okay. the, 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 the the intro freezes and then just flashes us right in, you know, we're, we're in trouble tonight. That must, be your, <laughs> so. that must be on your side then. I did, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Um, oh, did yours go all the way through? It went through. Mine worked. Um, I'm doing okay. I, my health is quickly deteriorating. I might lose my voice by the end of this podcast. But other than that, I'm doing well. How are you? Okay. Uh, I can't complain. I want to give a big shout out to Johnny. Thank you for holding it down last week. Yeah, uh, you guys did an excellent job. Uh, it was a great listen. Um so uh, start start there. Uh, you know, had some uh, needed out of town business to tend to. So uh, got that all taken care of. Back here, getting ready to talk a little calcio uh, with all of you, and uh, be back in our normal spot. Episode two ninety five, Richard. We got getting five closer. to go, counting down to Sunday, March twenty fourth, uh, when we uh, put together. Episode 300, we may not even talk Kelt Show, um, you know, but when you've done, you know, when, when you have 299 podcasts that will precede 300, you've earned the right to not have to talk about it if you <laughs> want to, right? Yeah, so, and yeah. it's going to be, in the, I think we're going to be in the middle of an international break anyway, if I'm not mistaken, or kind of kind of flirting around with that. So, so it works out great. Um, a lot to talk about. Boy, there's a lot to unpack. Champions League coming thick and fast. We had Lazio with the shock win last week. We're going to talk Inter Atletico Madrid. Um, you know, that game should have went every bit the way you should have expected it to go, uh, you know, in terms of the, uh, the, the the match, how the two teams are going to approach it. Uh, there is a new manager at Napoli uh, as that circus continues, uh, and they are going to call on a formal te- former technical coach, a man who's never uh, managed a club uh, up until now. He's always been an assistant, uh, but he is currently the manager of the uh, Slovakia national team, so he's going to be pulling double duty, Francesco Calzona. Um, yeah, don't get hungry from hearing that name. Um so, although Napoli would probably be the ideal place for a guy named Calzona to go and coach, wouldn't it? <laughs> I would think so, yeah. Yeah, 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 sure. yeah I mean, there you go. Well, and we'll preview uh, his first test coming up. Uh, Barcelona coming to the Maradona, uh, Derby della Maradona, if you will. Uh, we'll get through match week 25, uh, talk about what's going on with the rest of Europe, finish with the world's most popular hashtag game, who won Calcio Twitter. Uh, so we've got people in the chat already uh, lining up. Mr. Bob Lex is in. Good to see you, Eduardo, Anthony, Dominic. Uh, I want to say I thought I saw Amazing Vincent He's uh, there. He's rear there his sure. head as well. Yeah, so yeah. I want to make sure I mention everybody. Good to see the usual suspects. If you're li- if you're tuning in for the first time, uh, join the chat uh, and uh, drop a question or drop a comment or something that we may uh, spend a little time talking about. So, but uh, Champions League front and center. 
uh, a last year's finalists enter getting their turn against Atletico Madrid, Richard. Yeah, uh, a game that was had all the makings of a uh, rock fight, if, if you will. Two teams known for defensive stoutness. Um, certainly, Atleti. When you saw that midweek or midweek last week, they came out with a. The rumor was that they're going to come out with a four a five four one or four five one. Um, you knew they're going to be defensive. You know, Inter one of the best defenses in, or probably the best defense in Serie A, one of the best defenses in Europe. It was going to be a rock fight, or so we thought. Uh, interesting game. Let's get to the lineups in this one. Uh, start with the road team, uh, Atleti, and, and goal, obviously a fantastic goalkeeper, great goalkeeper, Jano Black. Uh, back three of Hermoso, Jimenez, and Vitzo with Molino and uh, Lino on either end. Uh, midfield three of uh, Saul, Coque, and Rodrigo de Pau. We all know him. And then up mm-hmm. top, you had Antoine Griezmann and Marcos Llorente. Uh, Llorente used to be with uh, briefly with uh, Juventus. Thoughts on the Atleti lineup going into this one? Um, pretty standard. They've been using Llorente uh, in, a, in a forward position recently. And in fact, over the weekend, he scored two goals. Um, so it's not terribly surprising to see. It's, it's, the, the question is, is do you start? You, do you play Morata from the start and have that reference when you counter if you expect Inter to have the ball more and play off of him? Or do you go with two guys like Griezmann and Llorente who could try to pull apart uh, you know, the interdefense, and then you bring on that target a little later on in the game uh, when you're maybe trying to trying to snatch a win or you're trying you you need a goal or you need something, uh, you know, to bring you back into the tie. So, um, you know, this is the choice that I think that Simeone was comfortable with. You've seen Vitzel now start to play more as a defender, which, which has worked out. We kind of know him as a, you know, known him historically as a holding midfielder, but he seems to be making that transition as well. Um, you know, to playing that defender. Uh, but, um, but yeah, I mean, not surprising, not terribly surprising to see what uh, Simeone trotted out. No, no, not at all. Obviously, you know, they're going to be focusing on the defense, hoping to play on the counterattack. The question is, a lot of a lot of the build-up to this was to see who's going to have the ball the most. Uh, many thought that uh, both managers would want the other team to have the, have the ball. Uh, get into the tactics here for Simone Inzaghi's team. Jan Sommer, obviously, in goal. Back three of Pavard, Devray, and Bastoni. Uh, midfield, five, if you will. Darmian on the right. DiMarco on the left with Barella, Chalanolu, and Mikatarian in the middle. With, of course, everyone's favorite pairing up top. Maybe not. But uh, Lartaro and Marcus Taram. Uh, pretty standard lineup. Pretty Probably the best lineup they, they can put out there for Inter. Yeah, and Darmian makes more sense uh, to start the game. You don't want. I, I still I, I I rate him as a better defender than Dumfries. Um, you know, and he has to deal with defending one v ones with uh, Lino. Lino looked a, looks a useful player, by the way. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, um, being able to deal with that and being able to maybe try to keep him under control a little bit, where maybe Dumfries isn't the defender that Darmian is. So that made a lot of sense to me. Um, you know, Molina and, and DeMarco probably were going to get a contest over who was going to cross the ball more, um, you know, on the other flanks. So, uh, but yeah, the rest of it's, uh, the rest of it's pretty standard, uh, you know, for an inter team. Now, I, I'm reading Eduardo's comments in the chat saying first half, no one wanted the ball. Second half, Inter went for it. I tend to disagree with that because I think I felt, and I'm curious about your thoughts. I felt that Inter came out of this very similar to the way they came out against Juventus. Uh, they knew they're going to have the ball, so they went with it. And they tried to do some things with it. I thought had some chances that they missed in that first half, all throughout the game, but in particular the first half. And I thought, and I tweeted out within the first 
five, ten minutes. I said, Inter need to score early because the longer you keep a Cholo, a Cholo team in this, the best ch- better chance they have of growing into the game and, and stealing one from you. Uh, and I thought Inter had... I thought they were fairly dominant in the first half um, for the most part. They they put it to him like they did against Juventus. Again, putting the attack on them, put him on their heels. Really, Atleti felt comfortable in that situation, but again, it's Inter beating the aggressors, I thought. Uh, that's how I felt in the first half. What were your thoughts on the first half? I thought both teams played with a lot of compactness in the first half. And when you look at the first half possession, it was 51-49. Uh, both teams were happy to let each other have the ball wide. Um, Inter in particular, I think, really did a nice job. Inter really, their approach was very similar to how they approached playing Juve recently. So you're going to let you have it all you want in the wide areas. We're going to be ready when you cross it. We're going to be ready when you come into the dangerous areas. And I think the other thing that was unique that Inter did is I think that Inter created, I think Inter's best chances in the first half were created off of Atleti miscues. Um, and it wasn't even that Inter was pressing. Um, they let in, they let Atleti bring the ball up. I think that the confrontation started in the uh, middle third of the pitch, and that's where Inter could win and spring the break. Um, and that's where they were creating some of their dangerous chances. That's where Lotaro got a couple of chances. They had eight shots. They had two on target. I think Taram was it Taram that tested Oblak? Yep. Um, in the first half. Uh, so you you know so that's where Inter were really getting their dangerous chances by inviting Atleti to come forward. Um, Mr. Bob likes to say interpressed in areas. They pressed in the middle third. Okay, they they didn't really go after them in their third of the pitch to try to win the ball because, you know, when you do that, I mean, you can you might be able to carve out a scoring chance, um, but it's going to be much more challenging. And I'll make the argument that if you drop off, you let them come at you. Now you let them stretch themselves a little bit. They come into that they come into that second third, and that's when the ball gets lost in possession, and that's when they're stretched out where you can go ahead and attack it. And that's the value of having two forwards in in your setup. Uh, because the way they're gonna run and the way they're gonna move is they're just gonna unbalance you even more. Yeah. Um, and then you've got these midfielders that fly through and are so good at it. Mikatarian has made his living uh, playing this way. We've said this multiple times on this podcast. So um so yeah, they 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 picked their moments when they actually really pressed further up, but the confrontation really began in the middle third of the pitch. And I thought that that was shrewd on Inzaghi's part, you know, for you know, put Atleti in a position where they're going to force something, make a mistake, and then explode the other way. And I, they did that they did that to uh to really good effect. Yeah, and I think both I think both you and Bob are correct in the pressing game because Inter didn't necessarily go pressing deep to try to cause turnovers. They waited, and when it got in the middle, that's when some of, some of the presses happened. I thought Barella was masterful in this game for me yeah. at the end of the match. Um, he really caused a lot of the turnovers in this game, and then Lautaro was you know right there to kind of pick it up and kind of and go with it, uh, creating opportunities you know uh, uh, down the other side on on Yano Block side. Um, so I, yeah, I, I think it was a really great performance. I thought overall from from Inter, but nonetheless zero zero at halftime. I thought at this point. Yeah, good, great game from from Inter, but this is all the makings of what Cholo wants, right? He wants you to stay close, wear yourself out, and then hit you on the counterattack late, <clears throat> win the game, steal something, steal the points. And that was my fear at halftime. You know, if you're watching, if you're watching, you know, if you're an Inter supporter, or Serie A supporter, uh, I uh, the game was fairly in hand for Inter at the moment. It wasn't really threatened on their end. Janssen really didn't have much to do, but you always know Antoine Griezmann or if Morata comes on or whoever. They have opportunities that they have guys, Saul, they have guys who, who can change games in an instant. And so 0-0, I thought overall, so not too bad. How about what was your thoughts overall the first half? I think that Inter did a really good job of 
limiting Atleti to low percentage chances. I mean, I mean, I mean, we were talking about first half; they only got two shots off Atleti, yeah. um, but throughout the game, they didn't even get a shot on target. I mean, Summer wasn't tested all game, and I think that that's a credit to the organization of Inter, uh, the shape, you know, putting them in the situations where they're taking shots that. Okay, yeah, we're more we're more than happy to let you have this one or have that one. We're not going to let you get dangerous on us, and I think that that's where Inter um, thrived. And I, I I like your comment about Badella. I thought he was outstanding as well. Um, you know, I thought he gave going forward. I thought he gave coming back and helping and supporting. He was everywhere. He was in literally front of the was back everywhere. Three. Yeah, he played with ridiculous energy. Um, I'd give a shout out to Alessandro Bastoni. I thought his defending was really yeah. good. Um, yeah. In this game in particular, out of the back three, I, I pick him out over, you know, and Duvray and Pavard were still really good as well. Um, so, um, but, you know, you got to halftime and to your point about Cholo teams, it's you, you get this sense that, oh, man, this this thing should be at least 1-0, maybe 2, really yeah. in a good position. And they, they you know, they're, they're left brewing some of the missed chances that they had in the first half where they could have given themselves a nice advantage early on. Absolutely, and I think what made things even worse for Inter, if you're in that, if you're in that state of mind, is that your guy who probably should have had a couple goals in the first half, Marcus Taram, pulls up lame at the end of the half. He has to be substituted off. Here comes mm. everyone's favorite boy, uh, Arnautovic. <laughs> Not so much. He comes on, uh, and so the question was: Was he would he able to keep up with the pace that Inter were going at? And I think he was for the most part. He put himself in really great position. And he just kept missing that final ball. Uh, had yeah. numerous chances to put things away. People are going to say that he was poor and this and that. I disagree. I thought he was good since he came, as soon as he came on. He just wasn't finishing the ball. Uh, he put himself in the right positions. And that's the difference, the thing, between a player who is, yes, he's maybe lacking confidence because he's not scoring goals, but he's in the right position, and eventually it'll come, versus players who no confidence and they're not even getting the right spots, and they're just being they're a waste of space for your team there. And I thought Arnautovic was there. He was keeping the, keeping the flow going. Uh, but nonetheless, the game continued on. Um, I thought, you know, someone mentioned in the chat from a tactical uh, tactical point, this was a brilliant matchup from yeah. you know, two managers who knew what their shit was, they knew what their strengths and weaknesses were, and this was just a brilliant chess match, honestly. Um, and the question was, wh- where are we going to get a goal? Because Cholo, Cholo, Cholo likes to play defense, Inter likes to play defense. Finally, the guy after, what, 15 chances missed, Arnautovic, uh, gets on a rebound. Uh, it was a I forget who who caused the break, who caused the uh, the turnover. Gets the ball to Lautaro, who goes on a breakaway, saved by O'Block. Ball goes out to wide, and and it's Arnautovic. He, you know, people could have said that Dumfries wide open on the right hand side, but he decided to go for shooting the ball. He's a striker. I don't blame him for that. No, I don't either. Uh, O'Block makes a save, goes Arnautovic, and he puts it away. You know, very confidently. I thought uh, one nothing. That's all Inter would need. Uh, thoughts on the game? Obviously, one nothing. It's good to win. Get three points. Um, I, I argue that Inter left a lot on the table. They could have put this tie away in the first half, let alone the second, the whole game. It should have been three nothing, four nothing in this game. The way they played, it didn't. It's one nothing. Yes, they got a lead, and they are a good team. But they're going to. I'm still going to call it the Wanda. It's not the Wanda anymore, but I call it the Wanda still. Uh, they're going to go there where they're Atleti are very good. They can score goals. Um, it's going to be tight. Why leave it up to chance by playing so tight and missing it? You're going to rue these opportunities. I, I, I fear. You know, if you're looking from a Serie A standpoint, thoughts on the slim margin going into the second leg? Um, I'm with you. Some goals were left out there, uh, you know, and I think that there'd be a little more comfort going to that second leg. 
if they were able to score at least one of them. My counterpoint would be this. Atleti's got to do what <clears throat> no one's been able to do to Inter for at least a couple of years now, and that's win by two against Inter. Um, it's I, I got to go back and <clears throat> might have to be – was it a group stage opponent last year? Um, but it wasn't It wasn't this year. I, I looked through all of Inter's games this season. They've got two two defeats in all competitions, and they were both by one goal. Um, you know, so uh, I, I fancy Inter – to have the ability to go and get a draw in Madrid, uh, which yeah, would sure, put them, sure. which would put them through. So, um, you know, I, I can comfortably say that I think that this will play very well into Inter's hands. Atleti needs to get the goal. They need to get they need to get back into the tie. So Inter gets to go back and play some of their counterattacking stuff, which could make them very dangerous. Yeah. Um, you may not see Atleti go all out. I I don't see Simeone opening the first 20, 25 minutes trying to go all out out attack. I think that you're going to see when this gets to the second leg, I think you're going to see a measured approach, okay? They're going to be cautious. They're going to move the ball. Atleti's going to move the ball around, but they're not going to overcommit numbers for the sake of trying to score a goal and get back in the tie. I think it's going to be very measured, okay? Um, I think it's going to be 0-0 for a long period of time, and – you know, as the game goes on, you're going to start seeing Atleti maybe start sending some more players forward. Uh, and if that does happen, um, then that's going to leave them susceptible. And then maybe Inter gets that first goal and kill and 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 it might just take one goal for Inter to kill this tie off. Yeah. Um, so um, I'm going to say it's going to be a one-one uh, draw. Um, yeah. To Mr. Bob's point, Atleti's going to be. There's, they're not going to go for the knockout. You know, in the first ten to fifteen minutes, they're going to try to see if they can move the ball around, find the spaces, create some things that that, that that may not be obvious. But as the game wears on, they start committing some more players forward. I think that the question that Atleti and that Simeone is going to have to answer is how do you break down a very compact defense that doesn't give you easy chances, didn't give you anything on target in this game. Um, <clears throat> there's going to be a lot that they're going to have to take a look at to figure out how they can work it around. Their best bet is going to be with width and getting Morata as a target up top uh, and having him get the attention of the back three. And you just got to hope that you've got Griezmann or you've got guys, you know, from the midfield that are making runs like a DePaul coming in behind and finding yeah. the spaces, kind of doing what Mkhitaryan and Barella are so good at, um, yeah. you know, to get the goal and get back into it. So, um, so to sum it all up, Inter, I, you know, fine performance. Probably kicking themselves for not having another goal or two on the board, uh, you know, heading to Madrid, but um, in in good position because I mean, they're hard to they're hard to even beat, let alone try to beat by two. Yeah, and I think I think I agree with you. I think Morata, the Atleti looked more dangerous up front when they had Morata up there as versus Llorente. Um and I think you know I I feel Cholo is going to be comfortable in his zone for 70 minutes probably even because uh, depending on how the game goes I mean if Inter gets an early goal obviously they're going to have to open up and try to catch back in there um, but I like to shout a 1-1 uh, honestly because I, th- I can see Inter getting a goal and then then they op- then you know Atleti open up and try to get a goal back and it's too little too late for them you know yeah, um, something that'll happen like in stoppage time in the second half very similar to yeah. uh, Milan's, Milan and Napoli's tie last year Oh right, you know right. where Milan yes, won yes, the first yes. leg 1-0 yeah. and then went to the Maradona's Scored to make it two nil and on aggregate, and then Elsimin scored. I can see, yeah. I can see it playing out very much like that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. 
So as Vincent can see it going to penalties, that's very possible. Because if if yeah. if if it's one nil to Atleti, that's you know, or even two one, because away goals are thrown out now. Um, yeah. you know, this could go to penalties. Uh, but I I just I don't see it. I think Inter get it done and move on to the last eight. I think that uh, you you know the power of Simone Inzaghi as a cup manager. Um, he'll have the right formula to to navigate the ninety minutes and get Inter on to the next round. I agree. I agree. So we move on, Richard. I'm uh, we you know we're going to preview Napoli and Barcelona, which take place tomorrow. Uh, but before we do that, Inter have made a chair. Not Inter. Napoli have made a change at manager. Sorry, uh, Inter fans. I didn't mean to uh, scare you there. Um, <laughs> He's going to Bayern. No. <laughs> yep. You know what? I, you all knew what I meant. Um, but Napoli will. Uh, uh, be heading into this match against Barcelona in the first leg of the Champions League with a manager who has never been a manager slash head coach at a club level in his throughout his entire career. He's always been an assistant, was a technical coach with Napoli in the 21-22 season. He has been Slovakia's manager uh, through European qualifying. Did, did Slovakia qualify for the Euros? Yeah, they finished second in their group. They did. Okay, so they are in the Euros. Francesco Calzona is the manager uh, that we're talking about. Um, someone who spent some time at Napoli was maybe one of the number two, second in line or third in line to Spalletti, um, you know, while there, and then uh, uh, moved on and took the Slovakia job. And now they're calling him back to Napoli uh, on a short-term contract to try to fix things. Um, thoughts on this decision? Um, I. I guess I'll take a wait and see approach because it really can't get any worse for Napoli, can it? Uh, no, I mean it can't because it's a circus right now. Uh, you can't get any worse than that. Even if they, you know, continue to drop points, it's still not going to be as bad as three managers after a, after winning a Scudetto. Um, it's it's interesting uh, this hiring. Uh, the the experiment continues. We talked about this many many podcasts ago. Control versus the experiment, and the control remains, and the experiment yep. continues to mutate. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know what to think, and you know, obviously, everyone's gonna fall back to it. Hey, Spalletti left, and you know, it's funny because back then when Spalletti took the job for the Azzurri, one of the big one of the big arguments was that. Oh, Spalletti can't coach the Azzurri and and Napoli. But here you go. You got Ciccio Calzona. Uh, he comes in. And he's like, yeah, I'm gonna do both. I'm gonna coach both Slovakia and and Napoli. And everyone's like, wait, wait, what? I thought you, I thought you can't do both. Uh, so I don't know if it's FIGC thing or what the heck's going on there. But um, he's gonna be coaching two teams. It's it's interesting hire. I'm gonna be a wait and see, just like you. I think he has familiarity with the players, which is gonna help immensely, right? Just to get that that. Uh, Getting to know everyone phase a little bit better. At mm-hmm. one day notice before you know Barcelona tie, he's not going to change much. And he said that in a press conference today. Uh, if you guys haven't watched it, go check it out. Um, very good conference. I think um, Di Lorenzo was, was the other place that, person in there. Speaking of shit shows, you know, we talk about how ADL has been handling this whole manager saga. <laughs> if you watch the press conference, the guy who was, uh, was leading the press conference for, the, for Napoli, that was a shit show. He was just all over the place, interrupting the coach when he's talking. It, he needs to do better than that. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I digress. Uh, yeah, Calzona. So, you know, he took on the uh, Slovakia job, head coaching job uh, back in August 2022. And really kind of, they were kind of floundering at that point. And he kind of stabilized that ship. And now they're, what, seven, they got seven wins and, and uh, maybe 
one loss, and I think that loss was to uh, Portugal, maybe two losses, and they're both to Portugal. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, they qualified. Um, Slovakia, obviously in the Euros, Hamsik speaks loud, you know, praises him a lot. Calzona, to his credit, also works Paletti. You mentioned that. Also Sadi, also Di Francesco. He mentions that in his press conference. Um, I noticed that Calzona is a man of sh- short of words. He doesn't say much, at least in the press conference he didn't. You know, you, you compare how uh, Di Lorenzo was talking versus Calzona, and Di Lorenzo spoke a lot more. He's very eloquent, obviously, uh, Di Lorenzo is. but And not that Calzona wasn't saying anything important. He just, you know, kept it short to the point. Maybe doesn't want to say too much now because it's just, you know, a whirlwind for him. But I think uh, it's going to be... He's going to have to stabilize the ship. And he even said it in the press conference where it's not so much about tactics. It's like mentality and making sure that they understand that they can play with conviction. Because I believe in them. This team is good. They won the Scudetto last year in record fashion. And then this year, they've shown glimpses of that. This team has it in them. They got to do better. And that's what I'm going to try to instill in them. And I think that's the best approach to do at the moment. You know, especially with a short turnaround like this for tomorrow. Just kind of go and just... Put stuff in their head and said you can do it go he even said i'm going out there to win we're going to win we're going to go out there to win we're not going to draw if we get a draw if, if you know barcelona forces us to draw great good on them but we're going there to win we're going to win every game we don't care who the opponent is and that's the mentality you want to have as any kind of manager and i think hopefully he can kind of instill something that napoli kind of get back to, on, on on the right here and start figuring things out because they have talent cavada awesome and gonja is now step, stepping up and politano and all these other guys so We'll see. I'm going to wait and see like you, but um, it can't get any worse. <laughs> no, it can't. And uh, so, yeah, I, I don't have any real wild predictions to throw out there, except that maybe there was just something with Mitsadi that the players just did not, the point didn't get across to them. And now a guy who's been familiar with the way Spalletti did things, familiar with the way Sadi's done things over there, there might be some improvement. There might be a bump. We'll see how long it lasts. He's going to have till the end of the season, and then we'll see where Napoli go from there. Um, as it pertains to the Champions League game now, um, you know, while Calzona, I think, is going to be – is he going to be on the touchline, did they say? Yep. Yes. Okay, he will be. Okay, so um, it's, you know, awesome in returns. Yep. Uh, you've got uh, you've got Politano and, and Quadratelli, so they've got their front three back. You know, maybe this gives them a boost. They're playing a Barcelona team that's unbeaten in their last four. Um, but it's also a Barcelona team that can concede. I mean, this isn't the most airtight team. They, they're still going to play their tiki-taka. Xavi is manager. You get Robert Lewandowski at the end of this. Um, you know, Frankie de Jong, Ilkay Gundogan uh, are having very, you know, are obviously having very nice seasons playing for them as well. There's, there's t- Obviously, it's a star-studded team, um, and it's going to take a lot. Uh, you know, it's going to take a lot for Napoli to try to overcome them over the course of two legs, but... Uh, give the Napoli fans a reason why they would win uh, here against Barcelona tomorrow. There's a good chance. There's a good chance that Nap- uh, Barcelona are going to overlook Napoli because of all the distractions going on. They're going to be like, "Oh, this game's already won because uh, look, look what they got going on over there. They're shit show over there." Uh, but you can't discount the Maradona. Maradona is a daunting place to play. It's a cauldron, like you were, like Mr. Bob was saying about the Wanda. Um, it's a difficult place to play. When they pull up there in their bus, it's going to be greeted with um, fans that just want to throw shit at their bus and, you know, whatever. It's, it's a Derby de Maradona for them. It's huge. Um, I'm sure it's going to be big for, for the Barcelona as well, but this team has it in them. I don't know how healthy Eltima is going to be. He may get some minutes in this. It sounds like from the from the press conference today that 
he's getting it back into shape, but he his minutes were limited in practice. I don't know if it's just to keep him fresh or or what, but you know, obviously he picked up a little injury uh, in the Afcon tournament. But um, they have it. They have it in them. We've seen it this season. We've seen it last season where they took on the best teams in in, in Europe and did well. They got to the, you know they got the quarterfinals of, of the Champions League last year, and the team is pretty much the same. They can stick to what they're good at. You know, Calzona's not going to change for the 4-3-3, so they're used to that already. It's just about performing on the pitch. And I think with leaders like, you know, um, Di Lorenzo out there, it's going to help a lot. Hopefully, Mario Rui gets in there because I think that'll be valuable for them if he starts in the game. I don't know if he's healthy or not. Um, but they got the talent between Osimhen, Cavara, Politano. They have playmakers out there. You play your game, try to control possession over Barca. That's that's the big thing because Barca loves to control possession as well. Um Barca have not been typical Barca this year. Yeah, they're on a nice run right now, but you know they, 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 this is not their ideal year. You know, everyone's talking about getting rid of Xavi, getting rid of Xavi because of how poor they're doing in the league. Um, so you can get them. It's on the road. If you're going to get Barcelona, it's going to be at home uh, if you're Napoli. And so I think they have a really great chance to get a result in this one. And that new manager bump, it's real. It does happen. Yep. You know, Leverkusen is still riding that high from from Xavi Alonso from last season. Uh, so it is real, uh, and so I, I think they, they they will play better. I think they're gonna have to because they know that the the way they've been performing in front of their own fans has not been good enough, and you know they're gonna be fired up because of the way that the crowd's gonna be ready for that game. If Sofa score is to be believed, <clears throat> um, it makes all the sense in the world for Barcelona to start the way they're start. Would they be starting with Kunde as a right back, um, as a guy that could deal with? Quadratelia uh, in 1v1s, and you've got Araujo and, and Inigo Martinez, uh, you know, in the center back positions. And then you've got those three guys now that can give Joao Cancelo some freedom to go forward down the left hand side. Um, yeah, so we'll see if that really happens. I see a comment about Lamine, uh, Lamina uh, Yamal, 16 years old. Uh, this guy's got the world at his feet. Um, talented, talented player. I definitely agree with that. They're going to have to watch out for him. Um, you know, but hasn't quite got on in the Champions League moon. He's gotten his opportunities yet. We'll see if that, you know, he has an impact. But the man you obviously got to be careful of is Robert Lewandowski up front. The man uh, doesn't need that much space. He doesn't need an introduction. Um, you know, he'll he'll take whatever you give him and he'll turn it into a goal. Uh, so um, the service is going to be a little bit different. They are dealing with some injuries. Some guys that are not going to be available. Ferran Torres. Uh, won't be available. Um, Alejandro Balde and Marcos Alonso are a couple of defenders that are out for them. Gavi's out for them. And Joao Felix is a doubt. Um, <clears throat> I don't see anything about Rafinha. And interestingly enough, um, uh, SofaScore doesn't project him to start. So we'll have to see what happens with that. So, um, but, go ahead. Yeah, and I'll say there's a couple questions in the chat uh, in regards to this game. Uh, first, I, well, I guess the bigger question with Napoli uh, are we going to see better results than we did with Mazzari? I'm going to say yes. It has to. It, it can't get any worse. Than what, yeah, it can't get worse. Um, what else is there? That, uh, Eduardo says, will Napoli even make conference league this year? Um, it's going to be hard. The teams in front of them are playing very well. I mean, Bologna is going to be likely in a conference league spot or a Europa League spot. So, I mean, it's going to be extremely difficult. I don't know what are your thoughts, Frank. Um... I mean, it's 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 kind of hard to predict. You know, when you think about it, it's kind of hard to predict yeah. the rest of the the rest of the places for um, uh, for Europe right now. 
uh, for City A because these teams are flying these in so many different directions. It's crazy. I mean, Napoli's only two points behind Fiorentina with a game in hand. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's not out of the question, you know. And they can start gaining some ground and start working their way back up. It's only going to take a couple of wins to get them right back into the conversation. So it's not look like look at Roma, right? Four wins and five, and all of a sudden they're back in the Champions League discussion. Right, right. It's not all. It's not so. It's not all doom and gloom, you know. Yeah. So. Um, and now fifth place is going is, is in all likelihood going to get a, a Champions League spot next season the way it's being reformatted. Italy has got the highest coefficient, yeah. followed by Germany and then England. So, um, you know, so you have that you have that in front of you. So, you know, fifth becomes a very intriguing spot. But I, I can see <clears throat> now that all Seaman is back, you know, they figure a few things out. They get a little bit of a mojo back. The talent is obviously there. Uh, you know, to snatch a European, to, to, to snatch a higher end European place. They just got to go out there and produce, you know, and I think if they can do that, it's be a heck of a consolation for the season that they had. It's going to take some work because Atalanta don't show any signs of slowing down. No. <clears throat> you know, Bologna have just been unbelievably consistent and Tiago Moto gets a ton of credit for that. Roma's on the ascendancy. Lazio's getting inconsistent. Fiorentina's getting inconsistent. So there's a couple of places you can snag there. We'll see. Um, I won't rule it out. So, uh, Ollie, no updates on Marcus Taram injury. Well, the question is how many weeks, depending on if it, how serious his hamstring injury is, if that's what it was. Um, Dominic had a question here. If for some reason the season does get worse, does ADL you know, sell Napoli before he's chased out of the country? I say no. I no. think he thinks he's the god for bringing a title to the for to to the city. His ego um, won't let him sell the club. No. Yeah. Exactly. Is it, are they going to look down upon him? Yes, but again, they're going to look back and say, well, we do win a Scudetto 33 years. You know, don't be a dickhead next time. But, you know, a lot of it does fall on him uh, yeah. for sure. You know, when all said and done. Yep. 2 2. I think it's going to be a hell of a game. I think there's going to be a lot of okay. attacking. Two teams okay. that can't defend. Good goal scorers on both sides. 2 um, 2. Wow. For the first leg. Um, I'm going to go. Let's just change it up. Let's go 2-1 Napoli. All right. He'll go for the win. So. I'll go for the win. All right. So that is Champions League. We're going to get to the rest of Europe here uh, a little bit later on in the program. But let's uh, turn it back to uh, Serie A and match week 25, Richard. All right. Let's get into the action here. Uh, let me share the screen here because that would be very helpful here. Boom. There's the scores for people. Let me uh, adjust it there. Okay. Now we can see. All right. All right, so the games started on last Friday. We had Torino hosting Lecce. Le- uh, Torino wins 2-0 in that one. Um, good score. score. My, my screen just died on me. About Bellanova, uh, goal of the week candidate. Great goal. His first goal uh, in the 50th minute. And then Zapata gets the second goal in the 81st. 2-0 Torino win. Lecce in a hard-fought game there. Inter hosting Salernitana. And it was a dumpster fire for Salernitana. 3-0 at halftime, 4-0 final score. Goals from Taram, Martinez, Dumfries, and Arnautovic. Yes, Arnautovic scored uh, two games in a row there. Uh, Inter win big time there against Salernitana. Moving on to Saturday, we had Napoli, Genoa. The what really caused all of this? Uh, Napoli tied 1-1 with Genoa. First goal came from Frendrup. Uh, all of a sudden, Napoli are down. They needed uh, an Ngonj goal in the 90th minute. Nice little pirouette there to make it 1-1. They share the points there, and obviously Matsari loses his job as a result. Uh, Hellas hosting Juventus. Um, goal of the week candidate by uh, Folorunshu in the 11th minute. I mean, a wonder strike by him. That's the goal uh, That's the goal of the week. There's no... 
There's no candidate. That's the goal of the week. (laughs) Unless you have something different. Uh, I don't think it's insane finish. I do have one, I think. It's arguably, you could, we'll we'll get to it. Um, so Folaronchu gets the goal there, and then uh, Vlahovic gets the penalty in the 28th, converts that 1 1. Uh, Noslin with a great goal by him. He's coming on like gangbusters there for Hellas, making it 2 1 in the 52nd minute. Looks like we're gonna upset Juve, pull one back three minutes later, 2 2. They show the points. Juve drops some big points in this one. Uh, and they're in their race to try to catch up to Inter, catch the robbers, if you will, if you're Allegri. Juve has been poor ever since he made those comments. Uh, moving to the team you mentioned a couple minutes ago, Atalanta. 3-0 win against Sassuolo. Goals from Pasolic in the 22nd. Copminer's goal of the week in the 58th. And Bakker in the 75th. Um, Atalanta continuing to roll opponents left and right. Moving on to Sunday, another team who hopes to try to leapfrog Juventus uh, didn't get the memo that they should probably show up to the game um, a shit show defensively and just all around for Milan um, in the 45th minute we had a uh, Malik Chow I don't know what the hell you're doing brother uh, two <laughs> terrible fouls within a matter of like seconds one was in the box they called the penalty in there Matteo Pacino steps up puts it away one nothing lots of extra time because of all the shenanigans going on um, Mota Great goal, goal of the week candidate. Copani with a fantastic pass with the outside of his boot. A great run by him, and it finds Inmota, and Danny Mota puts it away. Um, and then, coming out of the break, I think Milan have a chance to come back into it. No, 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 no. Uh, Luka Jovic decides, you know what, this is not fair, 11-11. Let's play 10 against 11. Gets a red card for stupidity. Uh, he's out of the game. Looks like this game's going to be done in Dessa, the 52nd minute, but uh, Milan slowly come back, as you kind of expected. Uh, Pulisic kind of sets up uh, Olivier Giroud in the 64th, makes it 2-1. to one. Then Pulisic gets one back in the 88th minute, makes it 2-2. Two, two. Uh, looks like maybe they're going to have a chance to come back and win this thing, but no, 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 no. Bondo with a goal of the week candidate in the 90th. And then, of course, former Milan player or Milan player who's on loan, Colombo, in the 95th minute, makes it 4-2. to two, Embarrassed Milan on the, uh, you know, Monza was at home in that one. The game that I I had trap game all over this when I uh, went on the podcast with, with Reno on, on his show, Calcio with Reno. Lazio hosting Bologna. Obviously, Lazio had the huge win against Bayern Munich in the Champions League last week. It's a natural letdown. Even though you're playing a great opponent like Bologna, it's a natural letdown to happen there. Isaacson continued on his great form from the last game. Uh, made it 1-0 in the 18th minute, but then uh, Elizauzi in the 39th and Xerxes in the 78th. 2-1 Bologna win there on the road. Good win for Tiago Mota's men. Um, Empoli hosting Fiorentina, the Tuscan derby. Uh, Lucas, Lucas Beltran scored in the 29th minute. Makes it 1-0. Uh, good place for them. But uh, And by the Yang, he's back in our yeah. lives. He scored last week. He scores this week again on a penalty. <clears throat> uh Eppoli get the po- share the points with Fiorentina one one. Good to see him back in the league. Tuscan Tuscan Derby, Tuscan Derby. Yeah. Uh, Udinese Cagliari, a game that Udinese is gonna rue because they missed several opportunities in this mm-hmm. game. Zamora with a goal of the week candidate in the 14th minute. Um, they had several chances. Luca had a bunch of chances that he, he just missed wide on this game. Gaetano eventually equalizes in the 44th minute. That would be all the goals in the game. They share the points there in a relegation six pointer. Uh, and then uh, Vincent's team here, uh, Roma, on the road to Frosinone, the Francesco Darby there. Uh, Frosinone came out very well early in this game, but eventually uh, Huisen with a goal of the week candidate in the 38th minute. Wonderful goal by the 18-year-old there, Curler. Uh, then you got Asmund in the 71st with no celebration in front of the Frosinone fans, which I understand. And then Paredes with a penalty in the 81st. Frosinone lose 3 nothing. And uh, was there a Monday game? Uh, no, there wasn't. So those are all the games. What do you want to talk about? Milan. That's 
All right. Okay, because I'm going to just continue my rant here at the Pioli Out crowd because it just it got it 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 got worse and worse. But Matteo Benetti and I were actually exchanging messages about it, just saying it was just how absurd it was. Um, okay, so you know, th- 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 listen, I would have a lot more respect for the Pioli Out crowd if they didn't keep moving the goalposts. Um, they all right, listen. Pioli deserves to shoulder some responsibility for Milan's defeat to Monza, and you can say that. You can say that anything from the from the lineup and over over rotating, because um, I've got a counter argument from everybody's everybody's comments on those. You know, to uh, when it was two two to not shift the tactics to just say, hey, let's take the point and run like hell. Uh, you know, go for the win, which I disagree with. I said, like, you know what? You had the momentum. You got the second goal. You're playing Monza. Go go for the win. Go get it done. It's just. Uh, but here's the thing. It's like. They scream and they clamor, and Jovic is doing this and he's doing this, and no, you know, Jovic should be starting because he's he's scoring every time he comes in. And your Lord and Savior, Luka Jovic, gets a red card 52 minutes in. I'll tell you, the last time he started was in the Copa against Atalanta. Great cardio session. Didn't shoot. Okay. Didn't get off a shot. All right. So sometimes guys are just really good super subs. Uh, I have. Malik Tiano, why was he starting? He's been, you know, he hasn't played together with Gabi. I said, so you're going to run old man Kiara into the ground. <laughs> so, you know, you know, so no, you got, you're going to have to give Chow a start. You're going to have to give Kiara some rest, you know, and then Okafor starting, Chukwese starting. You know, you got the guys you wanted to start. They didn't play well. All right. Some of that is on Pioli. Some of the, you know, but some of that is on the players. There has to be a shared responsibility for what went on at Monza on Sunday. It's not just all on one coach, but the Pioli out crowd doesn't see it that way. They want to be angry with one man, no matter what he does. And they go from there. Now, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to continue because I'm not done. I'm going to say, why are we rotating this game? We had a chance to get ahead of Juve. Okay, so there's not 13 more games where they can still get ahead of Juve and finish second. I mean, I'm sorry you didn't get a chance to screenshot your picture of the Serie A table and make fun of your Juve friends uh, for one week. Excuse, I'm sorry about that. All right. Um, well, we're 3-0 up against Stad Rene. We can just rotate there. Okay, three goal, three goal mar- margins get easily erased in Europe. Okay. Milan know this uh, better than anybody. Come yeah, on. Milan know this better than anybody. Go to 2004 against La Coruña with a team of damn near legends, except for Pancaro. Uh, or 2012 with, uh, yeah. Ar- against Arsenal. Against Arsenal. Allegri's Milan against Arsenal. Um, I mean, Barcelona twice against Roman and against Liverpool. Uh, you don't take anything for granted. The priority is Europa. Okay, and getting and getting qualification and having your guys available. It came out after the game that Leo sat, Leal said, "I, I, I wanted to rest," or he, Leal didn't say it, but Pioli Pioli said it, and I have to, you know, have to take him at his word for it. Certain players wanted wanted a breather, um, you know, so so you had to rotate, and it's just like, you know, nothing's ever good enough for these people. It's like they should go support. And I, I've told you all this. Well, go support Napoli. Look at you know, look at how much fun the Napoli fans are having. Go support Chelsea. Look at how much fun the Chelsea fans are having. Milan are winning with Chelsea's rejects. <laughs> so you know, um, so there's got to be something done right. I mean, and you look at the you look at the table and you look at the points. It's 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 on pace with what they did in this you know in their Scudetto exactly. winning season two exactly. years ago. Inter's just that 
damn good. That happens sometimes, okay? It's similar to a golfer at the Masters that goes out there and shoots 13 under par for the weekend. 13 under par at the Masters will get you that green jacket and win it almost every year except for the year where somebody went out and shot 15 or 16 under. Okay? It happens. All right? And this this group, this part of the fan base that embarrasses me to be a Milan fan from time, you know, from time to time, continue and they move the goalposts and they change their agenda. I had one person actually give some kind of cogent analysis as a Pioli out member that I said, hey, I respect the, I, I definitely respect the effort. Everybody else. And then here's, here's the one. We don't have any identity. Have you been listening to this? I'll tell you. I'll tell you again what the identity is. Milan are possession based. That's their identity. Every team in Serie A has an identity. Okay, Milan's is a possession based game. They try to outnumber the opponent in a space and attack that space. If it's not there, they change the point of attack. And this is where you Pioliot out. People claim that there's too much individuality. Well, the individuality comes from changing the point of attack, where Rafael Leao is now one v one against the defender, or Teo can go around him. Um, that's where that happens. It's just, you know, it's it, it it's mind-boggling. Now, I'm not trying to sugarcoat anything that happened on Sunday that was disappointing, that was dreadful, okay? But stop scapegoating one man every single time just because you don't like him and you think there should be a more world-class manager in charge of Milan. It's getting just absolutely disgusting. It's the, uh, well said, by the way, well said, Um it's getting. It's a lazy response. Oh, it's one person's job. No, no. It's we it's, don't it, have any identity. Bullshit. Yeah. No. It, it was. I mean, Jovic should have done the shit he did. Malik Chow had a horrible game. Uh, the players that just didn't do well. And then you got to give credit to Monza. Monza came out. They had two. You know, obviously that goal by by Colpani and Mota was fantastic. Carboni had a great game. I thought Mota Mota played well. Um, they just they showed up. You knew that they're going to be motivated because all we kept hearing is that Monza's never beaten Milan. Monza's never beaten Milan. So you knew they're going to come and play. And just yeah. Milan had ha- happened to have a fortuitous amount of events where everything just felt like shit. Chiquese was asked to. Um, Okafor didn't do anything. So, yeah, it's it a whole team effort. And, and yeah, Pioli is part of that as well. But it's not just on one man. But that, I think what's – and I'm glad I missed all this. Uh, or maybe I'm not glad. Maybe I, I wish I saw all this because I missed all this uh, Pioli out stuff. I know I got tagged in it by uh, – our friend Zambo, Napoli fan. I'm like, why are you bringing me to this? <laughs> but I, he just let me know about it. Um, the one thing that does upset me about this whole Milan Twitter, and it's not just, we use Milan Twitter because we can relate to it, but it's every mm-hmm. fan base. And what we saw happen to Rafa Leao is where you have these quote unquote fans, but they're not really fans, but they go and, you know, yeah. tweet or Instagram Rafa Leao and say, you know, you play like shit I'm, because of you, I'm become racist now. Now go fuck yourself. You're not a real fucking fan. Go fucking follow somebody else. Go fucking yeah. serious C team. That that fucking bullshit is needs to stop that shit. You're not a fan. Get the fuck out. You know. So I I don't understand why people do this shit. You got the fans of the game do this shit. You got fans, quote unquote fans, getting mad and and want to do racist comments at their own players. Like you're not a fan. Like who the fuck are you? Like really? That shit pisses me off. I'm like, this shit needs to stop. Just if you're not a fan, not gonna celebrate. Go fucking somewhere else. Nobody wants to see you on fucking support your own team. Like get the hell out of here. Yeah. <clears throat> congratulations and I'm with you Reno congratulations to Monza on the win okay I'm not going to sit here and you know I'm not I'm not trying to sugarcoat Milan's performance on Sunday I'm just trying to you know ask you know just trying to you know continue to just kind of poke holes at the Pioli out crowd because they continue you know to make so many shortcut 
excuses or shortcut claims for why Pioli, and it's really just comes down they don't like him anymore. You know, I mean, they're just they're you know, I like I said, out of every Pioli out person I've encountered running into exchanging posts and all this other stuff, I got one person that actually had a halfway cogent analysis of the way he sees it. One, so. Um, yeah, you, you you know, okay, Monza was better. We tried a rotated squad. We've got everybody available now to go see it out. You know, Milan have everybody available, and I'll go see it out against Stad Rene, who apparently everybody seems to think that Stad Rene sucks because of their table position. This team can score goals, okay? And did you if you, if you bothered to watch the game on Thursday, yes, it was a 3-0 win for Milan, and Milan put in one of their best performances of the season. But Stad Rene still had some chances. Magnon had to make some big saves. Yeah. They still had some chances, and they're still dangerous. You got to have your bet. You got to have your best team available to close that out. Because if you would have put this team that played Sunday over on Thursday, Milan's out in the round of thirty-two. Okay, so and we can run into like I said, we we know we see this every every week with Milan Twitter, but it's every fan base does this for every league, and it's it's annoying because yeah. I've seen it all. I'm like, come on, really? Like, like get the hell out of here. People want to yeah. like get rid of Guardiola because he's not first place. Like, come on. Don't say, don't say, don't say your team has no identity just because you don't like the coach. Yeah, it's just it's. it's or you're too lazy to make up a real reason and yeah. research and figure it out. What. You just want to get on there and say we have no identity, and then you're just trolling for likes. You know, I mean, it's 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 poor. You know, I just you know if I, I see that kind of thing, I just call people out on it. That's just the way it's going to be. You know, um, Roma. I'm impressed, man. I tell you, um, you know, I was impressed with them against Inter, even in defeat. Um, there's a new attitude here. Daniele De Rossi has them actually playing football. We've been talking about this for weeks now. Um, you know, what a job he's doing. He's making my prediction of Roma finishing fourth start to look good. They've still got a little work to do. They're four yeah. points back of Atalanta, and Atalanta are, you know, doing their best to keep people at bay. Uh, but right now, you can't help but be impressed with the impact that Daniele De Rossi has had on Roma in such a short time. He's letting the players play. I mean... What Mourinho team would hoist and come up to take the ball up the pitch like he did and then take a shot at? I mean, Mourinho would probably sub him if, if that was the case. Uh, we've seen Balzani. I had to do a double take. Balzani is starting to like emulate Dybala where he's coming down the right right flank and doing all these moves and cutting in, taking a shot. I'm like, was that Dybala? No, oh, no, that's Balzani. What the heck's going on here? But we we believed in Baldanzi's talent oh, to, sure. this, to this degree. Sure. These are, you know, now it's... But this wouldn't have happened under Mourinho is what I'm saying. It's like... Uh, they're also giving the freedom to these guys to kind of play, and they're playing attacking, attractive football. In the last five games, they've looked really good in all of them. But also, he's got better players to play with where that talent can shine, and he's on a bigger sure. stage now playing for Roma. At Empoli, you know, you know, you and I and and the guys in our chat are going to know about him, you know, because we know, you know, we notice it and we notice the ability. It's just like okay. Like what you're doing, unfortunately, you don't have guys that don't get you in positions where you can get the ball back. So, um, you know, so that's that's just the, that's just the way it is. So, I mean, um, and then here's Dominic. So I'm going to come back to Milan real quick. Now, Pioli has his full squad to play Ren. He has his full squad to play Atalanta. Okay, um, you know, uh, at least one of those games can really go south. I think that they'll play. I think he'll play his best team in both games. Because you know, yeah. I don't think they have anything in the middle of the following week. Not that I can, not that I can recall. But let me, you know, but let's come back to Roma and your because like your your comment about, like I said, Beltanzi was interesting. He's on a stage where there's a little more of a spotlight. People are going to get to, people are going to get to know him a little. Yeah. So I don't uh, think Tamori's back yet. Vincent says, "Do you think Hoyson was wrong for that celebration? And for those who miss it, he did the Cristiano Ronaldo celebration after his goal." 
Um, no, I, I think it's fine. He's an 18 year old kid. I'm not gonna, you know, hold it against him for that kind of goal. He is a Juventus player, actually, isn't he? I thought he got him from loan. He's on loan to Roma, if I'm yep. not mistaken. So I can see that. That's not a big deal for me. I thought I'll, it was interesting to see the the contrast and celebration between his celebration is all, you know, all celebrating like Ronaldo, and then Asmund scores the second goal, and he's like, I'm not celebrating from the Frozen fans, you know. I respect you guys. I thought that was pretty interesting. That, he's a that, center back. Let the boy have some fun. Exactly. <laughs> When's the next time he's going to do that? That was a great goal. Celebrate yeah. all you want. I'm, I'm good yeah. with it. I agree. I agree. So to Dominic's point about, okay, so he can he can play his best squad against against Ren and against Atalanta because then it's a few days. It's 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 not every three days. I think it's another five or six days before they play Lazio. So, yeah. um, you know, so – you know that's the whole point. This is the game where we'll take our chances with a rotated squad. So we and and we've seen it be a damned if you do, damned if you don't. I'm sorry if I keep coming back to this. Where you know Spalletti played his best team against Malta, right? But then rotated against England because uh, he's like, all right, let me get this. Make sure I've got the sure three points. Play chess, um, not checkers. Exactly. So um, who's who's going to give Ali a breather with uh, Giroud with Jovic out? Can't afford. Him to get injured? How about Noah? I would I, I would think it would be Noah because uh, Noah plays yeah. layout spot, but he can also deputize at striker. So, um, yeah. uh, looking a little further at the rest of this right now, Bologna. Um, I mean, this you know you're taking three points off of a direct rival for fifth, which right now becomes a Champions League spot. That's that's a big statement performance oh, from yeah, Bologna yeah, yeah. Uh, to go on the road and beat Lazio. Yeah, I forgot about this. Uh, Vince was talking about and, uh, hoisting the trust of fans. So this is a great moment, actually. This is why this is the this is the ah, under- yes, okay. underrated underrated quality of Mancini, right? So after Hoyson's goal, he shushed the fans. I did forget about that part. Um, and immediately Mancini comes up to him like, "What the hell are you doing, man? Why why are you kind of roll up the fans?" And then all the Frozen Only players come to try to like fight against Hoyson. And then Mancini turns around, and starts trying to fight Frozen Only players. So he's like setting his the young kid straight. He's like you can't be doing that. And then goes and defends his player. That's fantastic for Mancini. You know, say what you want to say about him, thug and all this stuff. Uh, he has these moments like this where you're like, this is this is a leader right there. Obviously, having a guy like De Rossi, someone mentioned in the chat, he's going to do wonders for Mancini. But Mancini, this is what you love about him. If you're if you're he's on your team, he will defend the shit out of your team, but he'll also hold you accountable. Uh, and I think that was a great moment there. I had no, I still had no problem. He's 18 years old. Let him celebrate. Um, and Big Brother Mancini was there to kind of put him in his place and then defend him. So I loved it. Yep. Yep, I, I don't have a problem with it either. So, um, uh, but let's come back to Bologna. Um, I mean, were you that's surprised? A... were you surprised by this game? It's an obvious letdown game after after beating a team like Bayern. Fantastic result, the Italian job by Lazio. It's a natural letdown for me. No matter how, you know you know this opponent's good, but you cannot play the way you played against Bayern in consecutive games, can you? I wasn't sure. It is. A team like Lazio, who just doesn't have the depth, it's awfully hard to maintain that level of energy, um, you know, over 180 minutes. Um, you know, it, it's it's difficult. Um, you know, when you look at this game and you look at how, how things fell, you know, the early lead went to... Uh, Lazio, and it actually looked like Lazio had some con- had some semblance of control of this game. Um, and and how did you know they had six shots on target in the first half? I mean, they were actually all all over Bologna. But uh, you know what happened on the what happened to tie the game? Dreadful mistake by the goalkeeper. Yeah. Uh, playing out under pressure and a moment like that. Psycho. I mean, 
even the best teams, a moment like that psychologically will bring you down. Yeah, you know, it just it happens. It's 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 human element. You're you're doing all this work, you're putting a lot of pressure on the opponent. You're creating some chances. Um, you should be, which by the way, I have a Skorupski save that that would have almost been my play of the week had it not been for Fuller Runcho. That save on I think it was Isaacson. Um, that might be the save of the season. Um, I mean, but that's just a, that's just an example of some of the things that have been, have been going, that has been going on. Um, but you have them beaten. You have the chance to really put them away, get a second goal, get this to two nil at halftime. But then a mistake like that just changes the dynamic and you give the other team a reason to play. And Bologna came alive as a result of that. Uh, and and grab the two one win. Beautiful team goal, by the way, by Tsirkzy to win it too. So um, emphatic. So I guess I'm surprised. I guess nothing surprises me with Bologna. It's good to where nothing surprises me with Bologna anymore. I'm I'm seeing just finding the ways to get the results and things like that. But man, Lazio, this is a game where they got to look at this and say this is three points dropped. The way the game started for them and the way they were they were carving out chances. They had a chance to put Bologna away early in this game, and they didn't take advantage, and they got punished for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they they can take the positives away from this because I think Isaacson is starting to develop in front of our eyes to a really nice player. Obviously, had a huge game against Bayern and, and continued that in the at least the first half against uh, Bologna. Got his goal. Gondosi obviously had a big game against Bayern as well. Um, but yeah, I think it's just the lack of depth overall and energy after the big game to try to keep it up against a team like Bologna who are well hammered are very disciplined they know how to play their their uh to their strengths Xerxes is a monster obviously on that goal you know great way to start the play and then ends the goal with an emphatic fashion um yeah it just uh Lazio it's, it's hard teams like this when they play in so many days you know every three days whatever it's gonna be hard for them we've seen yeah. Inter in the past had struggles with this under Conte um, same thing you're going to see under Saudi. We see this a lot under Saudi teams, it seems like, uh, no matter where he goes. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think there's some positive takeaway from this game, and they just have to do better. They're getting there. They're starting to get there. They're not quite like Roma, who's in full motion now, who are, they're, they're fully uh, on board and on this train with uh, De Rossi but, um, or Atalanta as well. But, yeah, it's a, it's a difficult loss and, um, you know, a hard opponent. It's, yeah, uh, it wasn't Salernitana. It was it was Bologna. So you can at least take credit that hey, a good team beat us. It wasn't like you know a bottom feeder who's uh, going to get kicked out of the league. Yep, for sure, for sure. Um, it was um, it was a good so it was a good game there. You know, now let's uh, just maybe kind of take it down to about the let's get it down to the, the relegation. Uh, Salernitana, I think, confirmed the relegation by hiring Liverani. There's not going to be any defense yeah. played over there now. Yeah. Um, where it, you know, people in Zaghi didn't get the results, but Salernitana competed. Yeah. Um, and had so many last minute dropping of points in so many games. I, you know, I, I think it's done for, I think it's done for Salernitana. I, I mean, gosh, I mean, Inter scored four and they called off the dogs to Ram and, 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 and uh, Lataro came out like in the 55th minute. I watched this game. Yeah. Inter could have put away, Inter could have scored 10. I mean, that's, just how bad it looked. Um, so I, I don't hold a lot of um, I don't hold a lot of hope for them. Uh, but the rest of it is going to get very very interesting as we go because now you're seeing Frozen only continue to be in free fall. 
Um, Empoli are starting to scratch out some results. Good to see. You want to, you know, a team that does so well at developing youth players, you want to see them continue to stay in Serie A. Um, you know, Hellas Verona's not winning anymore. Sassuolo has now found themselves in the drop zone. You, 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 you got to still think that the talent is there to get out. Cagliari, this is going to be a very, very fascinating, very intriguing um, uh, relegation scrum here. Uh, and, and you can't quite um, free out Udinese and Lecce either. I think that, you know, 13 through 19 all have a lot of work to do. Uh, if they're going to secure their place in City on next season, I think that 12 and up are safe. I think Genoa's safe, Monza, uh, and everybody obviously in the top 10 are going to be back in City on next season. So we're going to have ourselves a hell of a dogfight with two teams, um, with with two teams out of a poss- two teams out of six or seven that are going to go down, and we may see one one be a team that we didn't even expect. Yeah, it's very possible. Um... Yeah, you mentioned how Empoli are such a good team at de- developing youngsters. As are Udinese, obviously with Zamuda getting a goal, his first goal in this game. I thought they had a they've they've turned it around lately where they're playing a lot better. They're still not getting the res- all the results they want. They're getting draws, but they're they got these youngsters who are itching to, to get better and they're they, they're just missing the last piece before they can finally kick it off and we're going to run. Um, yeah. I, I see Udinese's talent eventually, you know, pushing them away from the relegation fight. Um, while they're only three points out of it right now, it's going to be a battle. It is. I mean, Frozenoni is in. Like you said, all the teams from 13 on down, it's it's a dogfight for those for that last spot, the last two spots, because I think Kaliti's not done yet. They've been playing like Salonitana was. Kaliti's still fighting in every game. Uh, so it'll be interesting, man. I, I don't know. I mean, Sassolo looks like the odd man out at this point, just because, but they got the talent. Like you said, they have so many good, talented players on the team. It's hard for them. Not, how are they going to, like Hellas last year, they gotta be able to find a way just to, on talent alone to get out of it, but we'll see. Anything can yep. happen, and I, I like your shot that you know we could be surprised with a left hook that we're not expecting, and you know, hey, oh my God, they're really getting out of nowhere. So, I would just, I would say, if <clears throat> Sassuolo and Cagliari are currently in the drop, let's if if both if both get out of the drop, if both get out of the drop, to me it's Verona and Frosinone that'll go down. Because Frozenoni is going down playing the football that they want to play. Yeah. And they don't defend. Yeah. Um, Verona is starting to show some signs of life. I mean, I think what's realistically going to happen is I think Sassuolo have the talent to find a way out of this. And Frozenoni is going to be the team that goes down in 18th. I think Caledi goes down. But if they both I, – I would drag Verona down. I think Verona – we thought it'd be a fire sale and that they were heading out to City B when we're looking, but they've some of the players that they've reloaded with are, are promising. And if they can continue to keep this together, there's enough chops for them to keep this keep this thing afloat. Um, but you know, as I look at it, I you know, Cali aren't, aren't aren't leaving me a whole lot to be inspired by thinking that they can get out. Sorry, George. Um, Sassuolo is the most talented of those three teams, and I think. If they got out, they got out at the expense of Frosinone. I think that's the team that I think would would end up end up going down out of all of these teams that are that are currently out of the drop. Yeah, no, that's a fair shot. I mean, whoever goes down is going to be a fire sale because there's a lot of talent in all those shoot, yeah. bottom bottom seven teams. A lot of talent there. Uh, so even even with Salernitana, so yeah, uh, it's going to be a lot of those players can play in mid table to higher up higher up table teams. Um, you know, Ochoa is a fantastic keeper, and you know, 
Bulagia is still there, and Salaritana, and then you go to every team, there's at least, you know, three, four guys every team that could be a good player, a good contributor to the team. So, yeah, keep a lookout on how this how the season goes, and then summertime, we might be uh, getting some players for cheap you know, if you're uh, one of the top teams in the league. So, Yep. All right, well, uh, we were kind of teasing everybody about it here, but let's get into it. Goals of the week. Actually, yeah. we should uh, – our, one of our one of our guys. Uh, before we get into that, Morton Frendrup, huh? Our our, our uh, one of our one of our key guys that we really liked in the You Better Know Them Eleven, uh, getting his first goal too. So yeah, yeah, just want to yeah. give mention about that. But um, all right, goals of the week. <laughs> goals of the week. Um, I pretty much named every goal in this one. It's hard for me to pick. I mean. So let me get to all right. So honorable mention, um, Danny Mota from Kopani. That was just a wonderful combination play there. Bellanova's first goal as well. It's honorable mention for me. <laughs> all right. So my top five. Um, I I had to loop, I had to lump in goals that were very. There's a lot of goals that were similar to each other. So I just looped them in all as one. <laughs> and I it's our show. We can do what we want. Uh, coming to number five, I'm going Marcus Taram, Kuntut Miners, and uh, Leao oh, Leao for against Ren. Uh, all had very similar goals outside of the boot. Mm. Top corner. That's number five for me. Number four, Lautaro, Jordan Zamura, Pulisic, and Bondo all had the same beautiful curlers. Top corner. I love all those goals. It's hard to pick one of those. Um, number three, I'm going Karnaseki. I'm going to say it's a double penalty kick save because he made a penalty kick save. They said he's off the line. Made him do it again. Made a save again. Uh, hmm. So Karnaseki, great play there. You know, everyone talks about Atalanta's offense. Karnaseki's kind of really stepped in there and, and taken that, taking the reins there. Number two. Olorunshu, uh, I, I said he wasn't my top pick. Great goal, fantastic goal. Uh, only thing that was better better than that for me was Hoyson's goal. 18-year-old coming on as a defender and scoring that goal um, with a celebration. That's my number one. But Olorunshu was fantastic. I mean, either guy I think was is worth a shout. Well, there's no shame in that. Um, I'm going to go number five. Hoyson's goal is number five for me, actually. Uh, Bondo's winner for uh, Monza comes in at number four. Uh, Pulisic's goal to tie the game for Milan comes in at number three. I, you want to flip flop those? I don't. I I don't care. I won't fight you just because Bondos was a winner and Pulisic was an eight, was a leveler. Yeah. But I think Pulisic Pulisic's goal had a higher degree of difficulty to it. Um, number two, I'm 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 doing a Richard here. I'm putting a save in my top five. Uh, Skoripsky's save, and I believe it was Isaacson. Uh, fully stretched fingertip save uh, to deny him uh, a second goal in that game. That comes in at number two for me. And Michael Fullerun show the volley against Juventus is my goal of the week. So can't fight you on um, those. Yep. So all good shouts, all of them. So let's get to the well, well. Let's let's work our way back to the rest of Europe. It's just two Europa League games on Thursday. Um, second round matches or second leg matches. Let's start with the one here. Uh, Stad Rene hosting Milan. Milan winning 3 0 in the opening leg at the San Siro. Um, it's, uh, you know, I'm just going to say it. This is why the team rotated against Monza so that the best players could be available against Stad Rene. And I'm going to say that um, I'm going to make this one a draw. Um, I'm going to say, because I think Stad Rene have the attacking power. Uh, and. I think that they're going to leave some gaps where Milan are going to be able to counter them. I, I think it's going to be an entertaining game. Uh, 2-2 is how I'll do it. Uh, Milan go through 5-2 on aggregate. 
Yeah, uh, I think yeah, Milan's gonna start their obviously best eleven, get a goal early, kind of just put everything out of the water, um, and then probably start rotating guys heavily, you know, as many as they can with substitutions and stuff. Get the key yep. players out for the weekend against what is it, Atalanta, right? Um, yeah, I, I say you know, Ren are gonna give a go at it, but I don't think it's gonna be enough. Honestly, I'm gonna say overall they're gonna win the game. Up, I'm gonna say one one. One one okay yeah okay yeah that's so we're kind of on the same page here we think a draw happens in that game which will certainly be enough to see Milan through uh Roma and Feyenoord uh round two of that one boy if you didn't watch the first one that was entertaining uh 32 combined shots uh in that game great attacking football from both teams uh Paixão scoring for uh Feyenoord Lukaku scoring uh in the 67th for Roma um I expect Roma to be on the attack. I expect them to throw caution to the wind. But I expect Feyenoord to still... I think both teams are going to score in this game. Um, But I can't get past Roma not winning. I I think Roma Roma are going to win, okay, I guess is the best way I can say it. Entertaining game. You're going to see a lot of quality. You're going to see Feyenoord have some players, guys. Um, Stangs, uh, Ueda, Mint, Paixao, uh, Hartman, who's a uh, Dutch international. Um, they've, they've got some players, and they can make this very interesting. But I'm going to give it to Roma uh, 2-1. I'm going to go a 3-1 win for Roma would not terribly surprise me because Feyenoord have had their problems when they come to the capital last year when they had to play Lazio um, specifically. Um you know, but uh, I'll go with Roma to qualify. Uh, they will win in a in a game where both teams score, uh, and I'll go two. I'll be safe and just say two one. They win. Vince is gonna like you. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I think I think the key for me was I wanted to see what the Rossi his team would look like in Europe, um, and I was impressed. I, I really mm-hmm. was. I wasn't sure what to expect. I. Well, I was going to be, I was going to be on the conservative side and kind of just say, you know, hey, I think it's going to come out defensive like Mourinho and try to figure it out. But no, they he came out kind of his way, which is you love to see. Team has responded well to it. No, tra- I think it's no traveling, no traveling fans for for Feyenoord in this one, which would be uh, it's a huge, a huge loss for them and obviously mm-hmm. a benefit to Roma. Yeah, I think Roma continue doing what they're doing. Uh, I like that shot of two to one. Uh, I, do, I don't see them keeping out Feyenoord of the goal. I think Svilar has been a revelation for them. I'm glad he's starting. He needs to start all the games because they yep. look like a much more confident team with Svilar in goal versus Rui Patricio. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, I, I say Roma win 2-1. to one. They move on, and, uh, yeah, that uh, keeps the Serie A train rolling. Yep. Indeed. Indeed. So... That's our thoughts on the rest of Europe. We have uh, gone through all of it. Um, Arna Slot is not going to steal any Panettone from Roma. No, he's <laughs> four not. Nothing. not this time. Yeah, wow. Four nothing. Wow. I, I, you're a bold says man, Anthony. He says four nothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to go 2-1. I'm just going to play it safe. Roma's going to win. So, uh, so we'll see what happens there. All right. And now, uh, back by popular demand, since it was missed last week, uh, we are now moving on to the world's most popular hashtag game, who won Calcio Twitter? All right. To kick things off, uh, first the first tweet was from Art Vandelay. Uh, it says, uh, this is before, I guess, the Derby Italia. This is a couple weeks ago now. Uh, Inter, number 19 incoming, waiting, waiting. And then they lost that game. And uh, Big Show says, here you go. Here's number 20. Boom, right in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. Uh, Not bad. Decent, decent shout there. 
Uh, let's move on. I think you nominated. Let's see. You nominated our friend uh, Eric here. Uh, Zambo Milan win the shitty Scudetto Defenders Cup. If I knew how to create one on the interwebs, I'd do it. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, there's another one just before that too. Was uh, the Milan podcast and uh, says Milan are up one nothing at the half of the holy shit. This title defense is terrible. Cup <laughs> against <laughs> Napoli. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. All right, so now Parisnitch is back. It's time for Valentine's Day. Oh, it's yeah. time to review the Valentine's Day thread. Let's see, because this one seems to win every year, and this is a belated one. So yeah. here's the annual. We'll start with Marcus Turam. I would mark other couples a 0 out of 10, but I will mark us a 10 out of 10. <laughs> okay. Put him. Lovely, beautiful keeper are just some of the words to describe you. <laughs> Parasnitch, this is cheesy so far. Uh, that's this, this game, though, yeah. I love you almost as much as I love my team with uh, Pavard. <laughs> a lion will mate several times, but for me, it's only you from <laughs> Alexis Sanchez. <laughs> Carlos Augusto. Caesar was stabbed in the back. Augusto was stabbed in the heart by your love. <laughs> this so is cheesy. brutal. He's running out of ideas. Yeah. I would dive the whole football pitch to be next to you. Now, this is good. Yeah, that was a good one. That was good. Of course, <laughs> That's what that, that was a picture with Juan Cuadrado, by the way. Um, my name is Mkhitaryan. My friends call me Michelle, but you and Nzagi can call me mine. <laughs> so I can't live a day without you. Come on, Parasnitch. Do better. Nothing can strip my love from you. Is that DeMar- is that DeMarco? Fratesi, Fratesi. Oh, that's Fratesi. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, I Simone people, but only you would start for me with Simone and Sagi. Good lord. Um, my name's Jan R.L. R.L. Bisek, and meeting you was never a mistake. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, he's had some better ones through the years, so. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's always, you know, all, we always got to make sure, so. Yeah. Uh, moving on, Hoyland PR's team uh, says, uh, Osman, when Nigeria needed him most in the, in the Afghan Cup, just walking away. Poor <laughs> Osman, uh, poor Nigeria, they lose uh, in the Afghan to Cote d'Ivoire. Yep. Congratulations to Cote d'Ivoire on uh, winning the African Cup of Nations, by the way. Yeah, great. Um, That's not a... Okay, so now moving on to uh, Siaquino, a past uh, Who Won Calcio winner. Uh, Harry Kane versus Lazio. Yeah. As captain of England, (laughs) where he can't can't score. Uh, Oh, hilarious. Uh, What what do we got next? Okay. Atalanta BC News. It's um, Marco Carnesecchi versus Sassuolo. It's just a wall. Yep. He was. He was good. And he was. Uh, all right. So, Siakino Mainyan since Udinese. It's a picture of Onana. So, <laughs> come on, guys. Uh, he was. Uh, Mainyan wasn't that good, I guess. Uh, Nicolino says. Um, so. Napoli obviously welcoming Chicho Calzona as their new manager. And uh, Nicolino says, uh, Nick from the Couch, you guys, by the way, says Napoli honored their third Sudetto by hiring three different managers this season. Just beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, At Madrid Extra, uh, this was uh, earlier before the game today. Um, Inter Milan fans responded to Atletico Madrid fans who were out in the Duomo 
uh, invading Milano by playing the Real Madrid anthem. <laughs> Take a shot at Atleti. It worked, I guess, huh? Uh, let's see. Uh, Michael Lisi nominates this one from Nikki Bandini. says, uh, Handy of Arnautovic to give audiences who might not have followed his time at Inter this neat synopsis of the last six months where he just That's missed good. after miss after miss. <laughs> and then he scored right after. So, yeah, that was yep. Oh, man. I don't know. I think I think it's Nikki's. I think I think that was good. That was clever. I don't know. What do you think? Um, there's Nikki's in there. I think that uh, let's see the uh, Hoyland PR. Yeah, with the, with Osman walking away. <laughs> I can't do Parasnitch. This was not yeah. to the level of the other ones. It wouldn't. It wasn't to his be, level. It wasn't to yeah, his level. Was not to his level. Yeah, it's either Nikki or or the Osman one with Hoyland. Yeah. Um. Nikki was clever as a play on words, so I'll go, I'll go with Nikki's. Uh, Vincent likes the Kane one. Kane was good. Kane was certainly good. No, uh, I'm gonna go with that. the Quadrado go one was good. The, the one in in the in the whole slide that was that was good. But yeah, no, overall, yeah, let's go with Nikki, I guess. No, um, unless you want to do the just the just the Quadrado one. We could do that. That was a, that was a that was a funny one. Yeah, oh, I gotta find it again. Let's see. I let's yeah, here. let's just see here. We gotta get. There it is. I would dive the whole football pitch to be next to you. <laughs> yeah, that's the best. That that was the funny one, and the rest of them were just cheesy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the crowd says, will, uh, Cuadrado. Okay. They can share the spoils with Nikki. How about that? <laughs> uh, well, why you type away... And do that. Uh, I'm going to give a couple plugs here first to Giotti. Thank you for helping me out. Last week's episode, uh, people noticed the jazz music wasn't there. So you could tell when Frank's here, the jazz music is here. When he's not, it's uh, not jazzy music. Um, but so thank It's just you, because Giotti. I'm old. <laughs> uh, thanks to Giotti for helping out on the, on the podcast. Go follow the couch, you guys. Uh, those guys are amazing. Uh, do, great, do great work there for uh, City. Yeah, there. So follow him and, and shout out to uh, Couch with Reno. I was on his show uh, a couple days ago and uh, we talk all, all sorts of stuff Lazio, Bayern, and all kinds of stuff. Um, yeah, go follow him as well. Great podcast as well. Um, so shout out to both of those gentlemen. And then, uh, yeah, 300 is around the corner. Uh, maybe it's mm-hmm. international break. Maybe it's not. Who knows? Are we going to talk culture? Who knows? Uh, but uh, we're excited, and we got to start putting some things together, Frank. We're getting close. We're doing five now. Got to get our stuff together. So I am just uh, – I'm going to give Nikki an honorable mention. Okay. Uh, the crowd won you over. Tap, 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 uh, tap, 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 tap. So there we are. <laughs> okay. All right, so there we go. So, um, yeah, the Quadrado one is the winner. Congratulations, Parasnitch. Just the one. The whole thread was not to your level, but you had the one. You had the one that got you over the line. So, yeah. it, it, the whole thread doesn't win, but the the, the Quadrado one does. So, uh, well played there. And then to Nikki Bandini, honorable mention. Uh, both of those can be found at FTC underscore twenty one. Um, and I also tagged at City I Sit Down, which I'm sure they'll, they'll get retweeted. Um, uh, so, uh, I think that's it. We're going to put a bow on this edition of City I Sit Down. Uh, we have our own channel on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. We're on Spotify, iHeartRadio, um, and Stitcher. 
so uh, you can check us out uh, via the podcast streets. If you need something to listen to in the car, uh, check us out in all of those if you want to get a repeat of all of our takes. Uh, you are here for the first time on the YouTube channel. Uh, I would appreciate, and so would Richard, if you uh, subscribed. Uh, if you also dropped a like, and then if you hit the notification bell, because this way we you can be reminded of when we go live on the air, which is generally... Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, unless otherwise noted. And if we do note it, it's going to be on the Twitter machine. So, or the X machine or whatever they're calling it these days. So, um, at City I Sit Down, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, also check us out on Facebook. We're all over it, uh, over there. So, um, uh, do uh, give us all a follow. You can follow Richard at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N. You can follow me at FTC underscore 21. I'm the guy picking fights with the Pioli out crowd. Um, <laughs> so uh, same bat time, same bat channel next week, Richard. I think so. I think all so. All right. Uh, we'll have uh, we'll have a roundup of all of uh, next weekend's action and uh, look forward to having a chance to, or next, yeah, next weekend's action. We've got Milan Atalanta on the cards. Do we have any other big ones next week that we've got to look at? Uh, yeah, there's another, ooh, let me see, uh, good question, I saw, let's see, let's see, let's see, um, oh my gosh, where's the, City Hall was, pushing back to week 21, I don't want like 21, I'm like 26, alright, so we got, um, let's see, let's see, let's see, you got Juve, Frosinone, eh, um, Milan, Atalanta, Milan, Atalanta, Fiorentina, Lazio, Roma, Torino, yeah, those are going to be on Monday on the 26th. So, uh, <clears throat> so those will be some interesting games. Uh, so a little bit of uh, uh, you know top four, top five, uh, either some separation or some movement. We'll see what happens, and we'll talk about it next Tuesday night. So uh, glad you guys were able to all join us. Chat, excellent as always, uh, and uh, we will connect with you all next time. For Richard, I'm Frank. As always, make sure you tell your paisans about us. Ciao.